you are meant to do things differently you are meant to do different thing he was wearing the tusks of a wild boar in his ears he was wearing a hornbill skull on his head the next thing that he does is he takes out a chillam art is mostly like masturbation done for yourself but i mean you know you it really is an intercourse when you're doing design because there are two people involved hey guys it's karishma your host on half fry and toast So in today's episode we're actually going to be speaking to a very creative soul who has traversed miles of varied experiences through art textiles design political advertising travel cooking and oddly found himself uh, loving the corporate world as the head of design for PNG India here's welcoming Somdat Sarkar Hey Somdat Hey Kashmira oh, sorry my bad uh <laughs> I was supposed to say Karishma because I don't remember ever yeah. calling you by that name. So Kashmiri, that would be. He's also given me his own version of my name. So yeah, hello there. How's it going? How are you doing? Well, like I've said, it's like a crest and a trough. Some days are great. Some days are bad. Some days you're like, oh, I want to live. Some days you want to just uh, get the corona and like fuck off from the planet. So <laughs> that, that's how it really is going. uh there is no boundary between work uh and life growing up in the city of the nawabs you know lucknow uh, what was it all about culture chicken curry like you know please take us through it so well there was i mean just to begin there was a lot of chicken curry at home that's cuz you know we are bongs every sundays meant for non veg uh i think what you meant was chicken curry <laughs> but uh, yes. i will excuse your uh, uh south bombay uh periphery so well uh, definitely i mean i've i've come from a small town uh which is not so small anymore i mean lucknow really is now the epicenter of a lot of development that's happening in up so it really wasn't what you guys think you know i know that a lot of people a lot of folks who've never really been to uh parts like lucknow banaras they have this whole exotic image of how it is going to be you know oh my god you guys must be listening to all these kathak recitals you must be eating kebabs on the road and stuff like that so guys uh sorry to break your bubble um i don't think that really was the life we ever had we had a very simple uptight middle class life we had government housing we were living there we had four folks who were really full of life we had neighbors who were like family it was really like the small town where if you make a dish you know one day which is really like maybe if you make a paneer ki sabzi you may you take out like a little bowl and give it to your neighbor that's the kind of culture i grew up in and that really that whole spirit of sharing caring was uh, what was really predominant growing up uh, in the early 90s it really was all about hey you are a boy you're supposed to play cricket as far as i remember i was this little child who always loved being surrounded by pencil colors crayons my pencils and i just keep drawing random uh, gibberish and my mom never uh, stopped me she in fact encouraged me uh i remember a lot of by these neighborhood bhaiyas would come over and they'll be like what the hell are you doing you're doing all these girly things come let's play you know you need to man up toughen up let's play cricket and in terms of being ingrained from a very young age with very gender specific roles that oh boys play cricket and don't color uh how did do you think that is what led to your career choices so well uh, partly yes actually if i come to think of it uh I I really used to admire the arts and crafts right uh so 
my mother was the my first brush or my first experience with somebody who's really into arts and crafts and as you know i mean bengali uh, bengalis in general they are the flag bearers of all this fine arts and crafts and literature uh, we did have that environment at home uh, i saw my mother doing all sorts of odd things like embroidery she would paint she would write she would read all those books and she tried to inculcate those habits i sadly did not pick up uh, reading and writing a lot i didn't quite like it but i love painting i love drawing i also somewhere enjoyed singing you know i mean i think uh, karishma you probably heard me sing once in a while when i get drunk uh, i remember all those and days I, and when i really I would... want you to repeat that uh, towards the end of the show i, I want you to sing all these songs we'll be we'll be the good old days i wish i had taken singing more seriously and i wish i really had um, taken up drawing as well on the side but uh, according to all my friends uh, my neighborhood friends and people i grew up with they thought these are, these are things that girls do yeah uh they also had this big distinction about what uh, a guy should study so guys should study science and that was something i had been hearing all my life and so so that in fact uh, made my decision to be a doctor way way strong so when i was growing up i did not really think that there's anything else that exists and how did it all just how did you break away from this you know subconscious mold that you had anyway fallen into so i think uh I don't know if if it really was a blessing or it was this one big life change that we had so at the fag end of my 12th my father decided that we would shift bag and baggage to Calcutta because he did not quite see a point in all of us uh, being in Lucknow and I think he was also uh, getting close to his retirement and he said that you know I would wish to be in the city that I grew up in and I mean I would want to go back Calcutta again as they say I mean it is this beautiful city that stuck in a time wrap and I think that really was the place where I had my first brush with freedom I had my first brush with independence uh, I had my first brush with thinking freely you know so i would say that all the years 18 years of learning that i had all these gender stereotypes all the all the growing up uh, in a very very sort of a constricted environment all of that sort of started to get a little loose when i moved to calcutta i somehow ended up doing zoology honors in presidency college which was the hotbed of political activities student political activities in west bengal also happens to be the first uh, college in india that was open for the masses where we had some really really you know illustrious laureate pass out from like you had amartya sen you had aparna sen and you had dr rajendra prasad all these people passed out from presidency college so it was like a big slice of history you were right you walking down into you also had all sorts of people over there and as they call it kolkata is this fun place which is the 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 land of artels right and that's yeah. that's like the slang for intellectuals uh so although i did not quite get that but i i did uh, while passing down the corridor while eating this occasional momo or while just flirting with somebody in the corridor i would hear all these things like fuko and uh, freud and that capital and i was like okay looks like there are all these cool things i must need to know about so although it did not quite interest me i would definitely say it expanded the horizon of of my knowledge uh, significantly and i got involved in uh, student politics which was again i think one of the highlights of my college life i would not i would not really count studies as the highlight because i really realized that zoology honors in the kind of course that we were uh, you know attending in presidency college was 
pretty much you know you you just mug up stuff before a day before the exam and you just puke it yeah. out all on the answer sheets and you're good and that just wasn't working for you so it wasn't it uh, wasn't karishma i just felt like what the hell am i doing with my life thankfully i think my mother kind of figured that this entire trajectory of political activism and all the fun stuff that i was doing in college is going to take me nowhere so she and my brother who was then studying at iit kharagpur they, they they sat me down and they in fact gave me that one gyan session one day saying that you know what you are meant to do things differently you are meant to do different things why the hell are you going to become that whole cookie cutter person that everyone else expects you to become and in fact they said things which which really affected me and i started questioning myself and i was like maybe i'm really probably doing things not for myself but maybe what the society and people expect from me and and this really was i think the beginning of when i started to think seriously about my career and i realized that zoology honors although promising although where i was doing great was not really something i wanted to do really like a metamorphosis from a caterpillar to a colorful butterfly going into nid uh, the national institute of design how did that happen you know such a drastic shift so i i almost knew that i will never make it to nid because you know they would only take 60 people throughout the country in a year and in no way i was sure that i was going to be a part of those 60 talented uh, group of people uh, uh, well being the superstitious bengali that i was the only thing that i did before my nid exams was i paid a visit to the famous dakineshwar temple uh, which was built in the 18th century you know i went there and i prayed for my career oh okay so you pray and it comes to yeah so uh, i mean come on it's a bengali stereotype i mean you ask <laughs> yeah. goddess kali for something how can she deny you that I in fact thought that I did not uh, see myself qualifying an ID and with hope in my heart I sat for the exams I really think that goddess kali somewhere loved me cuz I got this email one day in fact I did not get my uh, email my friend who also appeared for the same exam so she checked my results and told me that hey you know what you got through the first round of an ID and that almost came as a surprise because i was like no way in hell this cannot happen so i in fact went to a cyber cafe then they checked it twice thrice four times i was like oh my god this is insane and well i mean uh, since then it has just 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 been a history and karishma i mean i must tell you an id is that one magical place like this is this really i would say is the cocoon that that helps you metamorphosize into a beautiful whatever you want to be you want to be a butterfly you want to be a dragon what the hell you want to be i mean that's what an id teaches you right it it sets you up for success so it's it's a it's a beautiful place it's it's a sea of calm right in the bang in the middle of the city next to the river with years of years of heritage and a beautifully designed campus we in fact have a little heritage monument right in our campus it's it it used to be a sarai khana right so which which was a resting place where travelers back in the olden days would come and rest near the bank of the river to get a sip of water and maybe just rest their horses for the day so you live you live in a place like that you grow up with immensely immensely talented teachers who don't treat you as a person you know who's here to receive some sort of a degree they in fact they respect you they respect you as individuals they respect your talent they understand the skill sets that you have and then they try and hone that for you to become a designer 
in true sense and when i say a designer in true sense it almost amounts to you being a person who's solving problems right yeah that is yeah. that and is that is that where you found your niche for a certain kind of design and uh where you took to you know is that what shaped your overall design philosophy absolutely so as you know uh nid was this place that was established way back in the 60s when uh pandit nehru he realized that uh without design it's going to be very difficult to bring about an industrial revol- uh, revolution in india and he he kind of wow i didn't know that yes uh he so he in fact commissioned uh, charles and ray eames uh the very very famous american designer duo to come down to india prepare a report which was called the eames report and that talked about the beautiful traditions of design that exist in india charles yeah. eames uh, was a designer a thinker a philosopher uh, and he was one of the luminaries in 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 furniture and interior design so well i mean he came back in the 60s bases his report uh, the government of india established an id in the 1960s and that is the kind of history we grew up with right so rich i mean i can only imagine how the experience would have taken you through that kind of it, history it was an insane experience kalishma it was uh, there was there were no boundaries right there were no boundaries to learn i mean you did not have classrooms there were open classrooms you could you could walk into any classroom where someone was teaching something if you liked it i studied textile design over there because they did not really have fashion design so the next best thing that i thought i could do was textile design and in the process i picked up skills in product design i picked up skills in graphic design i picked up skills in communication design i would go and watch all the movies that were screened in the film club that grew my interest in storytelling and filmmaking i think the the most work that i did probably was not textiles and i'm so proud to say that that this is the kind of place that i grew up in and you had all sorts of teachers who would who would talk to you about things which were not yeah. work right they would they would truly and you've truly soaked in design in like every aspect of your life you know from the way you cook your food or to your travels uh you know take us through your your journey in you know to the remote corners of the northeast well that was uh, an experience i would say right out of a not even a textbook this was right out of an enid blyton adventure So this was mm-hmm. way back in 2011 right after I'd finished my course uh, at NID I was employed uh, at a retail design firm in New Delhi for about a year when I figured that this really is in my calling I was not made to sit in front of a computer and do some odd designs for some consumers who really did not have any idea about design and 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 sadly that's that's really the reality of of how design is in India as a career so decided after 10 months that i could not take this anymore one fine day i go and put my papers down and i say hey you know what i need to do something better with my life and that is when uh, my uh, professor who had asked me that if i would be happy to take up a research project that would take me to the remote corners of the northeast and this was in 2011 right minded this was again like pre google pre smartphones pre blackberry i mean there were blackberry phones but it they were very very rare right uh, you did not have internet you did not know what nagaland was and and as ignorant as we were we used to think that nagaland is a place which which has these ferocious like flesh eating 
cannibals who are going to like kill you with a spear that was yeah, what we used yeah. to think about Tribal nagaland and yeah. i was scared but for a second i was like you know i almost felt like this uh, whole simran from ddlj you know i was like yes simran jaliya jeeli apni zindagi that's <laughs> the kind of feeling i had and i was like this maybe, is... maybe you won't come back though like you you leave on that train and then you're just like okay then off to nagaland <laughs> that train went to europe and in this case this train was going nowhere this train was going a place i had no clue about but the most beautiful part was that my eyes were opened up to a culture that i never knew existed and it made me respect the traditional knowledge that cultures have preserved through the years and it's so beautifully preserved in the place that's nagaland and i i really request you and all your uh, listeners who probably are listening that do not ever miss the, an opportunity to go to nagaland and especially the hinterland you know really the remote areas that is yeah. where people still live the way they probably lived 100 years ago in harmony with nature they draw their own water from the well they have natural springs they have firewood it's all it's everything is sustainable there's you know there's the nature is in abundance people make their own clothes people weave their own fabrics uh they grow their own crops and i mean this is the kind of life that you want to live and mind it karishma there i think this is the kind of life we should be living now after this no you should you know. be and trust me when you look at them the the folks over there we we used to think that they're dressed in leaves my god when you go there even the remotest of corners they are impeccably dressed in the most beautiful clothes probably that are again that come through the porous borders they we have with burma and thailand and you see people rocking pink colored jeans and i was like oh my god i could never imagine something like this existed so i mean i can only imagine how just i opening it would be because even when i was in bhutan like uh, i found this whole alternate music culture going on there and there's just amazing people performing uh, and in the middle of the hills and i was like wow i never want to leave this place uh, so you know or what was the wildest thing that happened uh, to you when you were there huh. so wildest i mean i mean there were many wild things that happened i could make a probably countdown i could write a memoir about it but i think i, I could count two things that were really uh, memorable i wouldn't say wild but they were really memorable so the first one was uh, living in this uh, place which was in the district of meluri right so this was this was a really did non descript sort of a town in one corner of nagaland so we were promised an accommodation in the government rest house or whatever it was called and my god when we reached there the two of us we reached there there was nothing there i mean it was a dilapidated bhut bangla that was given to us and there was no electricity um there was hardly any furniture there was no drinking water there was a well outside a uh, well we had to go cut firewood uh, we had to light a fire we had to you know like i mean i i still remember that suit and my eyes all red uh, and in that you also had to do all your research you had to conduct your interviews and you know uh, analyze textile samples and stuff like that so it was quite crazy and but the one beautiful memory i still remember was uh, in 2011 9th of march my birthday we had gone to uh this really remote village uh in meluri and there was a group of uh eight nine naga women who were showing us how cotton was cultivated back in the days right so so these these women they cultivate cotton in their backyard from that they make 
they spin threads and they make their own clothes right so they wear this uh, sort of a mekhila chador that you call it so it's a, it's almost like a sarong and a sort of a tube top that they wear and they all make it themselves so they were showing us the process uh, somehow i managed to get signal and uh, one of my friends called up and uh, my friend vishni birthday and then they said hey what happened or did someone call i mean they are very curious people they want to know if everything is fine i was like no sorry it was just my friend uh, wishing me and those women for the i mean they performed this beautiful song and dance for me on my birthday which i cannot forget karishma it was the most beautiful memory uh, right outside looking across these beautiful lush green mountains the sun setting and there are these eight beautiful naga women wearing traditional jewelry and clothes singing a song for me because they wanted to wish me happy birthday i think i cannot forget that amazing i hope you i hope you got any of their numbers and uh, well i mean we kept in touch <laughs> oh, for a while but i think uh, uh, i mean then life happened and it did not but let me come to the wildest thing that i did so i don't know if you uh, are aware but uh, there's something called head hunters that existed in nagaland now uh, as a culture naga tribes really were always at loggerheads with each other they would uh, the men from each tribe would want to kill another man from the other tribe just as some sort of a uh, sport or as male dominance and uh, would happily wear those skulls like you know uh, decorate those skulls in the either their houses or wear them around their necks yeah. so you had these ancient people called head hunters and the last head hunter that was documented was back in the 1960s and i still remember i had one head hunter who heard that we had come to this one village this village was called uh changlangshu right and this is on one remote corner of india and the myanmar border so i was sitting there in a dark hut he just came to see who has come right you see this ferocious looking man tattooed all over his body you know like badass looking oh, man he, he is the headhunter yes he is a headhunter he had killed some people he had killed some people oh. yes um okay. and he was wearing like all these traditional jewelry he was wearing the tusks of a wild boar in his ears he was wearing a hornbill skull on his head and he was just wearing a loin cloth and you know he had this big sort of a sword in his hand and sashing it around and walking with such uh, pride and i was really awestruck when i looked at him the next thing that he does is he takes out a chilam and he <laughs> offers me something and i'm just like what is that so we had wow. a guide with us who said that you know this is opium or afine and he's offering it to you because he thinks you're a very honorable person and this means that he's giving you the greatest honor that he's aware of uh but Bumla, they just wanted to get high with you man like that was just his i mean way. i think uh, maybe that that's where it all started karishma when i look at it i think i maybe give those vibes to those people i thought i would say no because you know i come from a, a family of you know my father was the narcotics commissioner he's caught people smuggling narcotics and i was quite scared of you know doing something which he would not approve but i saw that sword thing in his hand and i saw those skulls hanging and i was like do, do i want to be that and i was like no <laughs> and i took those couple of puffs and oh my god i think i had my wildest night that night we just kept talking i i kept talking to him in english he kept talking to me in his naga dialect i don't know what we spoke but we spoke for 2 hours and it was i think the most beautiful and memorable experience that i remember from nagaland wow wow i really wish i was there to join the party and and puff some with you guys <laughs> <laughs> karishma we can always make a plan you know now they also have cool airbnbs uh, where you'll have yeah. air conditioning and and all sorts of ro water uh, so that your sore stomach doesn't get upset 
Oh God, no, no. This is this is how I want to do it with the headhunter and the skulls and the boar and all of all of the works that you just described. That was amazing. The most important thing that you need to uh, note when you do uh, things like this, when you do research, is empathy. If you don't empathize with people, if you don't, if you don't become like them, you know, if you treat them as objects or if you treat them as specimens, that's that's when it's never going to connect and and probably your project will be set for failure so i've always kept empathy at the center stage for anything that i do uh is that what you think makes for a great designer and you know just empathy and the advice you would want to give fellow designers young aspiring designers absolutely karish maman you know i i treat like I, i i said i come from the school of design that bahaus and alm i mean they we we come from their history and lineage right so those people profess that design is not just you know sitting and making art or pretty things it's problem solving and who do you solve problems for you solve problems for people so people are pretty essential in the scheme of things when it is any sort of design related job right and i'm not saying art again like so i i do consider that art is mostly like masturbation done for yourself but i mean you know you it really is an intercourse when you're doing design because there are two people involved so if you really want to solve wow, problems you know i'm going to quote you on that one i really like that uh, you could uh, Yeah. <laughs> so I I would really say that empathy is very important Karishma. I know you always need to see how people are behaving, how people are talking. So I remember when I came to Bombay and I I had these uh, big fear of these local trains. But I think that is where life happened to me. That is where advertising happened to me. Because I would see, I would, I would note how people are behaving. You know, like what are they doing on their phones? Someone's reading newspaper. Somebody's talking. Someone is flirting. You know, like there's this boy and girl, like this little coquet sort of coquetry that's happening. She, she, she's pulling at a dupatta, and I think all these beautiful things. I mean, they inspire you to make. designs for people right i mean if there are no people there is no design which is why i feel empathy is very very important but you know just following up on that you see very often when in design um you do take criticism quite personally people get quite uh, caught up with their ideas and to kind of distance yourself from the solution uh, sometimes egos come in the way right so how you know now that you are heading design for png india do you uh, still feel that empathy is rooted in everything you guys do or do you still feel creative absolutely karishma i think that really i mean for me i would say that empathy is the backbone of creativity because if you are making any sort of communication you're making any sort of design you're making any sort of product the end user it is not you while you need to understand the needs for which a certain thing is supposed to be designed you are not really the end user so if there is an end user in the picture who has a valid concern right if somebody is giving you input somebody is giving you feedback i think for a designer worth his or her salt you need to get off that high horse and say okay i i hear you it's just been great talking to you and learning so much that uh, you know maybe we didn't have the time to get to know earlier and you know i just wanted our listeners to also get to know your typical bong side and and you know no typical sunday 
in the life of Somu. Well, I mean that's that's that, that's legendary stuff, right? I think I think uh, that's what I've, I've, I'm sort of uh, known by almost now. I mean, I've become Somu the chef, and people have all the list of farmaishi uh, vengeance that they want to you know eat at my place. So, uh, Karishma, I think this also, I think again, I think has a has has its roots in the way. I mean, I've traveled all my uh, life. I mean, the way I've seen people, the way I've noticed details, and how it has beautifully become to reflect in the way i approach things even something as basic as cooking so like i've already told you when i was growing up i had uh, an absolute disregard for bengali culture i hated fish but slowly growing up i mean when you start having appreciation for food for culture for native materials for you know like sustainable ways of li- living you you realize and you understand that there's such science and there's such art that's even present in something as basic as cooking for example take something as basic as aloo post which a lot of folks uh, know uh, uh, bengali food by you know like vegetarians would swear by alu posto now we have this beautiful history and about alu posto people don't know right but uh, bengal back in the days when the british used to rule india it was the factory for opium cultivation and as you all know uh, poppy seeds or posto as we call it is the byproduct of uh, opium cultivation which was again uh, rendered useless nobody had any use of it so it was thrown away Okay. Back another thing days. I didn't know. No. Another thing I didn't know. So thank you for that uh, random fact, which I uh, am now going. Well, to I mean, it's a food fact, Karishma. You can quote me for that. And uh, and and back, I mean, back in the days, if you know, there was this big famine that uh, had devastated Bengal. Uh, the men folk uh, in Bengal back then they were really uh, destroyed by this entire opium culture. They would be high all day and not do anything, right? Uh, no cultivation. So. I mean the the women folk who really were the resourceful uh, members of the family. They thought, what should we do? They discovered Bula. this beautiful uh, uh, you know ingredient called poppy seeds, and and funnily enough, it gives you this nice beautiful slumber. So you know your day is anyway ravaged by all this misery around you. But the moment you mix this beautiful portion of poppy seeds in the potato. it gives you this nice beautiful slumber that at least for 3 4 hours in the afternoon you drift away to a beautiful sleep and you forget about all your worries because then you wake up you again have to be in your shitty life and this is the kind of culture which i mean i i never appreciated but when you know about all these stories which when you know about all the human connect you start appreciating this a lot which is why i appreciate uh minimalistic cooking as you know i think karishma you've eaten my food you know i don't like putting a lot of stuff together oh my right God. it is finger licking and i think a restaurant needs to be on the cards for you just from everything you've ever served up and the way you've given you know plated it just like oh my god i just want it right now <laughs> so i'm not too sure if restaurants going to do justice to that cuz i think my the beauty of my food really comes from uh, you know the the joy in feeding that. people right yeah. so it is it is all about nostalgia it's all about culture i want you to come down to my place sit enjoy a plate of food while i narrate stories of my culture and maybe sing a couple of songs in bengali from some renowned folk singer i mean it's just uh, so needed and i feel like uh, for all our listeners uh, we we need to bring this we need, we need to bring this idea to life so please uh, you know feel free to dm me about this if you guys want somdat to host such an evening and, and attend that evening uh, but somdat i mean this has been a, like a whimsical conversation and it's just 
you know taken me through in so many different directions uh, and it's been great learning this much and uh, thank you so much for doing this uh, you know and just shedding light on everything that you've gone through in life it's just been my a- pleasure karishma i mean um, i think i mean this this was i think we had discussed this uh, a while ago where i said that i think it would be interesting for your listeners to also hear about all these interesting stories of where i grew up and what i saw and i think i'm i'm just happy sharing all these uh, lovely memories uh, as i almost had a little walk in the past mm-hmm. and uh, i just saved this nice bit for the for the very last like uh, growing up i think you asked me to also tell you something saucy about growing up uh, yeah. you know yeah. in the in the in a city like lucknow so let us let me let out a little secret uh, for mm-hmm. for your listeners so back in the days right uh, when you really could not be seen with uh, a person of the opposite gender but then again you're in the 11th 12th standard hormones are raging so we had this little concept called cyber cafes um this was Ooh. you know almost like this little uh, place where you had small cabins uh, uh very sort of cozy uh, you had a computer screen and you had two little chairs inside <laughs> um you could sort of uh, tell them that hey i've come here to check emails with my girlfriend and uh, you had a gala time for you know like 40 rupees an hour oh you could check all the, you, you could check all the emails that you wanted so well <laughs> that's that that's me signing off uh, giving you my little uh, small town secret but yeah prashma was absolutely lovely talking to you